Welcome to the Metron Manager Podcast. Thank you for joining us as we work to recover the dignity and mission of vocation. Learn more at metronmanager.com. Today is a big day in our nation's history, a transition of leadership from one president to the next. It is a day of mixed emotions for many and a day when Christians must remember that they have inherited an unshakable kingdom. I've been thinking over this testimony and exhortation that I want to share here in this episode since a few days after the last election. I want to invite you to hear my journey over these last few months. I believe this is the time to share how I was delivered from a political spirit and how I recovered my authority as a believer in the kingdom of God. So like me, many of you may be feeling that somehow you become a prisoner during this pandemic and within all the social upheaval we're all living through. You seem to have lost your freedoms. You feel controlled by anger, other emotions that have proved to be tied often to circumstances you can't control. And if you're honest, you probably had thoughts along these sorts of lines. Things are just happening to me that I can't control. I'm powerless. I don't understand. Why am I so angry? I used to be such a nice person. I'm so afraid. Where have all my friends gone? Then you think, that's okay. I don't really like people anymore anyway. Has God abandoned me? Have I abandoned him? Is the devil winning? Am I going crazy? Is everyone else going crazy? As one who's been called into making disciples of all nations, I've always paid close attention to geopolitics, how the world tends to be doing. I've studied anything and everything possible that could be helpful in seeing the kingdom of God expand. An observation I've come to in this season is that a risk for all of us is that we imprison ourselves in a world system within which we are commissioned to be free. Within this system of the world, we are commissioned to operate as God's kingdom agents within any metron he assigns to us. Our confinement is optional. The odd thing about our imprisonment is that we can still have access to the keys that will open the door and set us free. We seem to have voluntarily enslaved ourselves to what is called a political spirit. So how did I finally escape the political spirit? God intervened and offered me liberty, showed me where the keys were, how to get them back. But I had to be delivered from this thing. At this point in time, the election results were still being determined and winners and losers were not immediately clear in a political sense. But God revealed to me in a dream the night after the election in November that I was the one who had truly lost this election. But the question is, what had I lost? I had lost my identity and my authority. But how did that happen? So I want to tell you about uh, this dream. Now, some of you may not be familiar with or really comfortable with God speaking to people through dreams. It's quite common biblically, and it's actually one of the ways God's always spoken to me in my life. 
So I wasn't surprised to have this kind of dream, but the content of the dream was extremely pointed and challenging. So I want to tell you about this dream. Here's what I saw first. So in the dream, suddenly I'm aware I'm sitting in this lit up bright studio. There's cameras, there's teleprompters, there's lights, there's speakers and monitors. I'm sitting at this big fancy conference table on high chairs all around it. I'm seated next to a number of media figures that I recognize from different commentaries. I've seen uh, different commentators, different personalities. We've just concluded a uh, interview type of deal where I'm on a panel discussion. I'm part of this panel, um, but I feel kind of new and a little bit out of place to this. Uh, And it's a lunch break. So everybody's getting up, uh, heading for this buffet that they offered, like this free buffet of food in the newsroom in this big studio so everybody lines up i don't know what i'm doing i take a plate and a big basket tray thing and i don't even know what to to dish up i have never seen this food it's unfamiliar and somebody who i recognized as a news media figure um, that i've seen on tv was walking with me he started to advise me on what i should add to my plate what was good even though it looked questionable he would tell me oh no this is really good stuff it looks a little weird and burnt but it's actually delicious you should take some of this He was even helping add things to my plate that he thought I should have. I loaded up tons of food on my plate, not even knowing what it was. And everybody headed out to a huge open seating area. It was like a giant cafeteria or dining hall. And I recognized in this one section, all these high profile news media people from various TV channels and cable channels, they were all sitting together in an exclusive roped off area, kind of an elevated eating area. And none of the normal people could uh, be near them or come by them. They were separated out. There were tons of tables full of people all around in this huge dining hall. But as I walked around, I could not find a seat. There was no room. I kept looking for space in chairs, on benches, picnic tables, uh, individual chairs. Nothing was available. It was all full. So I kept moving further and further and further to the outside of this huge seating area till finally I walked to the edge where there were no more tables, no more chairs, no more couches, nowhere to sit. And as I'm looking around and walking with this basket type of tray of food in my arms, I accidentally tip it backwards towards me and all the food piles into this big uh, inedible pile of mush. And I drop my silverware and I'm looking around and I'm like, I can't even eat this. What do I do? And when I woke up, it didn't take much for me to get the hint. I began to understand this dream right away. The main point was that I was eating from the wrong table. I realized I was being summoned back to eat and to sit down at the king's table. I had been eating at the table of the world system without even realizing it. So understanding of this dream came immediately after I woke up. Then what came next was conviction. 1 Corinthians 10.21 says, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Prior to this, the second part of verse 20 says, I do not want you to become partners with demons. The Apostle Paul is writing this shocking rebuke to believers in Corinth. And I believe the Lord is also directing this shocking rebuke at us, his church, even in this day. God had pointed out to me that I was the one this rebuke from Scripture was pointed at. The Word of God is alive and active, sharper than a two-edged sword. It pierces and divides the Bible says. 
the one who consumes it, the word, is spiritually divided from the world. What I'd found is God brought me back to his table. He invited me back to eat his food. He knew I had to get healthy again, and I knew I had to get healthy again. If we do not eat at the king's table, then I believe that verse 22 begins to apply to us. It says, Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? We are not stronger than he, are we? I would suggest that the current state of our nation and the church confirms we are not stronger than he. In fact, our weaknesses are being clearly exposed. I would suggest we are weak because we are living on junk food. Food that we bought from the very vending machine in Satan's office lounge. We are designed to live not by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If you're eating and yet you're starving, it's worthwhile to question the nature and the nutrition of the food you're consuming. Where did you get that food? That was what my dream was about. God is not into power sharing or forming alliances. He's not running for office or concerned with the opinions of men. The scripture says he rules with an iron scepter, not a wet noodle. He is not without power to recover you. 1 Corinthians 6, 19-20 says, Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? For you have been bought at a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. I would suggest that he will recover what is his. You were an expensive and valued acquisition, as are all of his kids. So I'd forgotten who I was, who my father was, and my position, that I was seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, as the word says. I suddenly realized that I needed to be guided back to my seat at my father's table. I needed to submit and recommit. This is the true essence of repentance. I needed the intervention of the Holy Spirit to recover my true position. I needed to repent. Through this encounter, I realized that I had submitted myself to the world system, and the food I was consuming was not the bread of heaven. As such, my soul was actually starving. My spirit man was unable to stand in my royal position as a representative of the king in my metron. The consequence was that my authority had been compromised. We only have delegated authority when we're submitted or we're underneath the author or the giver of authority, and that would be God. God had called me back to his table to eat of his food, to recover my position under his authority. This self-inflicted wound had caused a weakening of my soul and a succumbing to the storms all around me. So back to this dream. As more understanding set in regarding this dream that I'd had, it was revealed to me that I had lost the most crucial set of keys that God had given me. These keys are vital for fulfilling our commission as Metron managers and functioning as a representative of the king above all kings. We must recover these two keys to the kingdom. Number one would be identity. We need to revisit our identity as followers of Christ. In my book, Managing Your Metron, I describe our born-again identity as follows. Salvation gives you a new identity. As one who is born again, you receive dual citizenship, 
and begin to manage a multidimensional identity. Your spiritual passport indicates that you are a citizen of heaven and a citizen of earth. Your spiritual birth certificate indicates that not only are you a dual citizen, but your father is the king and the creator of heaven and earth. You are always in his domain and under his jurisdiction. The second thing, the second key that I felt I had lost was authority. We need to touch on this idea of spiritual authority. It can be compromised according to scripture. Romans 6, 12 through 16 clearly explains how this can happen in the life of a believer. The passage says, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its lusts, and do not go on presenting the members of your body to sin as instruments of unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not be master over you, for you are not under law but under grace. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under law but under grace? May it never be. Do you not know that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness? Our enemy is not threatened by someone who has become his slave. By the very nature of this illustration in Romans 6, it's clear that we choose who we are submitted to based on whether or not we let sin reign in our mortal body. So in summary, you don't have authority over that which you submit yourself to. The day after the election, God made it clear through this dream that I'd come under the authority of the wrong spirit. I was subjugated by and influenced by a political spirit probably through my own choices, my own ideas, my own perspectives, and my own attitudes. Mark 8.15 says, And he was giving orders to them, saying, Watch out, beware of the yeast or the leaven of the Pharisees. That would be in reference to a religious spirit. And the leaven or the yeast of Herod. That is what is called a political spirit. Let's look at the general description of the leaven of Herod or what can be referred to as a political spirit. I like this clear description of the leaven of Herod and the political spirit that I came across recently from an author named Carline Fisher. She says it this way. In addressing the leaven of Herod, Jesus was speaking about a political spirit. The political spirit is looking for power and position. Its strategy is to divide and conquer. It aligns itself with those in power and tries to eliminate those who seem threatening to its power base. Political spirits are partial and they seek out loyalty with those who are like-minded. That's a great, succinct understanding of the leaven of Herod and a political spirit. So how do we apply that to where we're at right now? Well, what are some symptoms you can identify in yourself of being submitted to a political spirit? Let's use this simple description that we just read as a guide. Ask yourself these questions and listen to the answers in your head. Write them down if you want to. Are you looking for power and position? Do you attempt to divide and conquer? Do you want to win at any cost? Do you try to align with people in power? Do you attempt 
to eliminate, or in our world these days, cancel anyone or anything that seems to threaten your power? Do you show partiality to men or people? This is a sin according to scripture. We all know that. Do you vet for loyalty in your relationships? Do you only relate to those who are like-minded? I think there are plenty of incriminating answers that come to mind if we're honest about these questions and this assessment. So what do you do to be free? If you don't know what else to do to get free, then repent for these areas that we just talked about. A pastor I heard once said, you only have authority over the storm that you can sleep through. If you can't sleep through the storms we're in right now, then you are not walking in the authority that God's delegated to you. So how do we recover that? Where does this come from in scripture, this idea of sleeping through the storm and having authority? Let's look at Mark 4, verse 37 through 40. It says, And a fierce gale of wind or a storm developed, and the waves were breaking over the boat, so much that the boat was already filling with water. Yet Jesus himself was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him up and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Sounds like our world these days, probably to some of us. Verse 39 goes on to say, And he got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? We need to recover our identity and our authority. We need to be able to sleep through the storms. If we are to be of any use, we need to recover and act on our kingdom commission and the authority that God has given us. You cannot expect to bring peace to a storm if you're drowning in your own storms. So how did I recover? What happened after this dream? How did I recover my identity and my authority? I'm really living in a different place right now than I was a few months ago. I can't even describe to you the amount of peace I have, how content in the Lord I am, how unafraid of the storms, and how confident I feel in the authority that God's given me. So after God had revealed my condition to me, he commanded me to fast, not from natural food, but from soul food, from the soul food which I'd been eating. So you have to change your appetite. That's part of what the benefit of fasting is, is you forget about certain tastes, you move on to different things. I needed to detox my soul from the food of demons that I'd partaken in, not intentionally, but just incidentally. The world around us is a filthy place, and especially what we see on TV and what we hear in social media. The scripture describes this scenario as partnering with demons. This is what I needed to get free from. I needed to detox, not natural food, but from supernatural alignments. God directed me to fast. That was the key, to fast from the morning after the dream until further notice not from food, but from all news in any format. This was a huge command for a guy like me who hasn't missed a day of current events in 25 years. When God asks the impossible, though, he gives us grace to obey and accomplish the impossible. I was able to fast from all news until late December, around about a six-week time span. I was able to avoid all of it even headlines or discussions about politics or any news until around Christmas. Then God gave me permission to look at some news headlines. 
looked at a few of them online, but still wasn't feeling comfortable to watch any TV news. Still reminded me of the table of demons. So what happened? Well, the good news is I was fully delivered from a political spirit, completely set free. So how did I recognize that I was set free? How did I know? Well, for one thing, I was filled with peace and contentment, and I developed a deep reservoir of resilience spiritually and naturally, where I could live unoffended and unaffected. I could have peace in the storms. I started to have dreams where I was actually interacting with people in politics in a very constructive and redemptive way, even rescuing some of them in certain circumstances in these dreams. The figures in these dreams were from a very different political perspective than mine, complete opposite ends of the spectrum. And I didn't feel any malice, any irritation, any anger, nothing towards them. I felt like I developed and recovered the lens of heaven through which to see them and to understand them as people. So it's okay, though, to have strong political and philosophical positions. But as a kingdom representative, you play by a very different set of rules, and you play at a much higher level in reality than those who are drowning in this world system. God wants you to influence. He wants you to bring good news and transformation into any equation, into any aspect of your metron. But you are identity-bound to do things God's way in God's universe. You are identity-bound to eat at your Father's table. God made it clear to me that He wanted to use me for His purposes in this next season, but I could not be useful if I was being used. Let me repeat that. I could not be useful if I was being used. I could not operate if I was subjugated. I had to recover my position of spiritual authority if I was to truly govern on behalf of the kingdom of God. Let's look back at an encounter Joshua had near Jericho in the Old Testament. Joshua 5.13-14 says, Now it came about when Joshua was by Jericho. He raised his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing opposite to him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our enemies? He said, No. Rather, I have come now as captain of the army of the Lord. And Joshua fell on his face to the ground, and he bowed down and said to him, What has my Lord to say to his servant? So this question, Are you for us or for our enemies? Does that sound familiar these days under the jurisdiction of the political spirit? This Old Testament kingdom representative, this angel, answered Joshua's question by just saying no. We'd better respond like Joshua and submit to the captain of the armies of heaven. We need to kiss some dirt at his feet and ask him what he has to say to us. It's time for us to lift up our sword and say no to the political spirit. I found that I was able to read or watch news without any reaction. This was another indicator that I had gotten free. Regardless of whether it was positive or negative in nature, the news was not affecting me. I found that my mind would go immediately into communion with God as I I would seek to immediately discern the mind of Christ, get his perspective, the heavenly perspective on anything I heard or saw. Metaphorically, I found myself asleep in the storm. And like Jesus, I was able to then operate in authority over the storms around me. I felt I was powerful again. 
I was in charge again. I was no longer powerless. I was affecting my circumstances rather than being affected by them. Another indicator was I was free from anger and offense. I was able to activate my spiritual eyesight to see people and to perceive the activity of the real enemy in the spiritual realm and not to conflate those two. The Bible says our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers in heavenly places. So I woke up one morning at the end of this fast, and honestly, I could say that I would be happy to sit down for a cup of coffee with any political figure and have an honoring conversation with them. This was a key indicator of getting free from the political spirit. If I can be set free to this level, then I have faith that you can as well. God needs kingdom representatives at every level and in every metron, but he will only allow you to succeed if you're able to enforce spiritually and yet represent naturally the king and his ways. Not your ways, not the political spirit's ways, but his ways. Strangely enough, I was really not even that concerned in the end result, about who was to become president. That was another indicator that I'd been set free. I had recovered my commission as a kingdom representative. You know, I live in and love my country, and I care for this world, but now I was free to operate in the radical middle, politically and socially, an ambassador of peace with the authority to calm the storms and bring the peace of Father God's table to the chaos of the world's table. If you get free from the political spirit, the peace you live in will be in high demand, not only among believers, but also among non-believers. I would exhort you to get free from the spirit of this age, from the political spirit, and reign in life as God's kingdom representative. God wants to use you to bring his kingdom of peace, hope, love, justice, righteousness, but he intends that you function as his delegate to bring order from chaos. But you cannot complete this commission if you are imprisoned. The world around you begins to look like the world inside you. If you see a world around you that does not align with truth and the ways of God, don't blame other people. First look inside yourself because we reproduce what we are. Your Metron needs you, the king has commissioned you, but you have to be set free. Ask God what it's going to take. For me, it was a fast. For you, it might be something else. Let's get back on our feet and find our seat at the king's table. Thank you for listening to the Metron Manager Podcast, presented by Jonathan Nowlin and the Metron Manager Project. Remember, God has given you permission and a commission to work. Learn more at metronmanager.com.